the Book of Gleanings, also known as the Book of Conception. We're in chapter one, Maya and Lila. Verse 19. The man rose manfully to the task and was magnificent in his manhood, his new ways gladdening the hearts of all the maidens, many of whom were disturbed by strange stirrings within their breasts. Among these was one less comely and desirable, whose heart burned hotly for him, her thoughts resting upon him continually. But she knew that in his sights she was of little account. Her name was Lila. It happened that, arising early one day, she saw the man depart into the forest by the swampland, going about his task, and she took counsel with herself and followed him. She came upon the man while he rested in a place of solitude and approaching, spoke softly, saying, It is your servant, Lila. Oh, my Lord, are you not weary with the task burdening your days? Also, that you lack companionable gladness to lighten it? Where is she who has set the load upon your strong back? Where is my kinswoman who, without a doubt, is more comely and very much more desirable than I, and therefore a very fitting reward for your heavy labors? Does she rest in the shade? Or is she gathering fruit back in the gardens? Without doubt, her thoughts are with you, but is she not unduly hard-hearted in that she fails to comfort you? For is it not the nature of woman to come to man and lighten his burden with her softness? Is it not in the nature of woman to be yielding and submissive that man may rejoice in his strength? Is it perhaps that despite her loveliness, the heart of this woman of your desire is not the heart of a woman? Is it like the mock orange sweet to look at? but bitter to bite? Or is her heart in the keeping of the elders that she prefers the ways of the old to the ways of the young? What has she done to you? Has she not humiliated your manliness by harnessing it like an ox to the customs of the people? And it be right that the decrees of old men long dead should come between living man and woman? Is it not more fitting that the customs of men submit to the law of her who gave us our natures? This desirable woman is yours, providing you toil and wait. She is yours, but not without conditions. She does not come without reservations as a woman should, but like a man who comes to an ass bridle in hand. Alas, that I lack the loveliness which places the yoke upon you, but beneath I lack nothing, and I am as much a woman as any. 
My heart burns for you with the flame that comes nigh to consuming my body. Take me, accept my humble offering. I give all freely. I will be yours without any conditions. O oh my Lord, which of us women truly offers the most? She who conceives nothing, or I who will even be accursed by God and men for your sake. I, who am nothing in your sight, require no sacrifice from you on my behalf. I ask nothing, and I offer all a woman can. Then Lila knelt at the feet of the man and placed her head on his knee. The man was sorely troubled in his body, and he wrestled with it. But his spirit brought before his eyes the vision of the more desirable maiden, and he was strengthened. He arose and said, Be gone, and tempt me no more. Verse 23. Then Lila departed and went her way, but within herself she brooded, and in the course of days her thoughts hatched a dark scheme. She mixed a forbidden potion of herbs, and putting it into a pitcher of water with honey, took it to the man as he toiled in the heat of the declining day. Seeing her, the man said, Wherefore have you come again? And she answered him, saying, My Lord, your servant brings a much lesser offering, one you need not fear as you did the greater one, a humble gift of refreshment. The day being hot and the toil arduous, the gift was not unwelcome. The man drank heavily from the pitcher, and because of the potion, his spirit slept while the beast entered his body in strength. When the fire of his passion was quenched by the waters of his lust, his spirit returned, and he reviled the woman, saying, What have you wrought? Would you destroy me in this manner? The woman replied, The deed is yours, my lord, for you are a man, and I am a woman. Then the man became afraid, for he knew the code and custom. He became angry after the manner of frightened men and shouted, Be gone from my sight, you viper, lest I crush you. Lila answered quietly, My lord, why be wrathful or afraid without cause? For this thing shall be a secret between us. None will ever know of it. Behold, my lord, are you not free again, and the yoke removed from your neck? Now you may know the joys a woman can give without submitting to the task. Therefore, take your ease, for life is good to you. The words of the woman were not sweet to the ears of the man, for he was filled with remorse for what had been done. He said, You are not the maiden of my tender desires in whom my heart delighted, and for whom I gladly undertook the task. What now of her, whose beauty compares with the glory of the sun, whose gentleness caresses as the sunbeam, 
beside whose brightness you are no more than a gloomy shadow? Lila replied, She is indeed as the sun. You may worship from afar, but never touch, lest you be burnt and destroyed. I am the woman of your body, whom your flesh has chosen. What has this other woman done for you? Did she not sharpen the sword on which you cut yourself? If one lights a fire among reeds, knowing a man sleeps there, who is to blame for his burning? The fire, he who lit it, or the reeds? It is beneath your manliness to turn on me thus. Am I not shamed for your sake? And who among women would invite the wrath of gods and men as I have done? Be content with the wrong your lust has already wrought. This is an evil deed you have committed. But because we are now united in the flesh, no harm shall befall you through me. Verse 27. Thenceforth, among the people, they went their separate ways. But flesh called to flesh, bringing them furatively together in secret places. Each dwelt with the reproachful whispers of their spirit, and each walked in the shadow of fear because of the cold and tradition. Now, the elders were not without shrewdness, and they saw that the man was no longer diligent in the task and had returned to his former ways. Also, he avoided the eyes of Maya and was no longer reserved with women. Having sample forbidden fruit, he now sought other varieties. He was not a man with an end in view towards which he strove. His bearing was not that of a free man. The glances between the man and the woman and their uneasiness were not difficult to interpret. The elders and the wise women said among themselves, Such is the manner of those carrying a burden in their hearts, whose shadow we love is a feeble, furative thing, blooming shamefully in dark and hidden places. Therefore, they set a watch on the pair. The watch came upon them as they lay together in nakedness, upon their skins, and mocked them with ribaldry. For their passion was profane and a thing for jest. It was a fungus upon the tree of love. They were brought before the high council, which was the council of elders and the council of wise women, which questioned them, saying, Wherefore have you done evil unto us? The man answered, The woman put my spirit to sleep with an evil brew, and my body became weak because of my manhood. They replied, Truly, you have little manhood now, and are a lesser man because of this woman. The woman stood up before the high council and answered them boldly, Am I then the stronger of the two of us? Can I lift the biggest stone or run the fastest race? Do not the strong always prevail against the weak? And is not this man the strongest among men? Is this even a matter for your concern? For in what way have we caused harm to any but ourselves? 
Shall we be punished for that which concerns us two alone and wrongs no other? The high council replied, The deeds of any person affecting the lives of others are the concern of others. Though it were done in secret between yourselves, were not the effects displayed in your eyes for all to see? Does the man serve the people better because of this thing, or does he serve them less well? Has something been added to the people, or has something been taken away? Have not the people lost? Verse 33 Therefore, is not that which you did the concern of the people, and not of yourselves alone? The deed of itself was not wrong, except in the manner of its accomplishment. A woman who places no value on herself steals something from all women. For they are then less valued in the eyes of men. Would men value gold were it gathered by the wayside? Above all this, what of God-given love? Have you elevated or degraded its means of expression among men and women? Among people who value gold above all else, he who debases or adulterates, it commits a wrong against them. Here, where love is valued above all else, and woman honored as its custodian, those who debase it are regarded likewise. We dwell in a pleasant place, amid peace and plenty, an inheritance from our fathers. The children of men have inherited the wastelands. Are our fathers less wise than theirs, that the customs of our fathers should be spurned? What you have done relates to your two selves, and by your two selves shall your punishment be carried out. This is not a punishment for any wrong done to us, for we are old, and it affects us little. We punish because we have a duty to the young, to the unborn of our race. We have an even greater duty to the hallowed things which inspire mankind and enthrone men above the beast. Your wrongdoing affects no one man or woman, yet it affects all men and women, and, if left unheeded, would not be without effect on children yet unborn. The code and tradition is the pillar of our people, and the pillar may not be struck with impunity. Though it be strong, and one blow will not damage it, many blows will bring down even the stoutest of pillars. A blow left unheeded encourages another. A deed disregarded is a deed encouraged. A people can be judged by the things it punishes and the things it permits. The swine revels in filth and therefore attacks anyone who enters his pen. Were we holy of the earth, we would only protect earthly things. Thus, we banish you forever from among us, unless, in your old age, you are permitted in mercy to return. In this manner, were the man and the woman banished from the tilled land to wander the wilderness beyond. They dwelt 
in a cavern in the wasteland, up against the outer border of the tilled land, and they ate weeds and wild creatures. There they were in a place defended from hostile men and made safe from ambushes. In the first days of their banishment, the man was wrathful against the woman and spoke to her spitefully, saying, Like a lamp that gives no light, you are a woman without womanly virtue, no longer deserving of the honored treatment accorded women of our race. You spoke truly when you said that I am strong and you are weak. So be it. Henceforth, your weakness shall be my strength. No longer will the weakness of men be the strength of women and the backbone of a people clinging to things without substance. Henceforth, I am obligated to no one and owe a duty to none but myself. Man is weak only in his desire for women. But the weakness of women shall henceforth assure satisfaction of the desire.